0: Hey Kels! Hey Rand! Hey! Hi! Thank you both so much for coming today. I put a lot of thought into this personally, and
1: I think you two would get along. Awesome! I'm ready for new friends.
2: <laughs> Actually, I'm an introvert, so I, you know I'm skeptical about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to I Think You Two We Get Along, which is the podcast that comes out of the Kickstarter Games team. So I've got Rand Miller from Cyan, and then I've got Kells from Cal- the Calico Magical Girl game. I'm so excited about both of your projects. Rand, I saw your game uh, at PAX East. Um, Firmament was so intense, like this really interesting VR stuff. And Kells, like, oh man, if, if there was a game that you could pluck out of my, my childhood that I wish existed and I am so excited to exist now, it's like Sailor Moon cat petting. So this is going to be great. So my respected colleague at Kickstarter, Anya, she's actually the one who thought you two would get along and have something to talk about. And she explained this all to me in a conversation. I was like, this is super compelling. This is absolutely, this makes sense. But I forgot what her reasoning was. I have no idea why you two would get along. And Anya's in Berlin right now for Games Week. And if I were smart, I would have emailed Anya about this. But instead... I am Midwestern polite, and I <laughs> uh, I didn't want to bother her while she was traveling, so instead I was like, I'll Google them, I'll figure out what they have in common, I can do this. And I have done such research on the both of you, nothing creepy, but you know, I've done some Googling, and I have zero idea what you would have in common. Like literally your experiences in the game industry could not possibly be more different. So this week... I do indeed think you two would get along. I absolutely trust Anya on this. However, I do not personally know why. So uh, the goal is we are going to find out.
1: (laughs) Kels, let's start with you. So... Calico. Tell me about it. It's about magical girls running cat cafes. Um, We're making it in Unity, and we've been making it for about a year, and after this Kickstarter, we'll have about a year left. So it's just a two-person team. It's me and my friend Andrew, and then we've contracted out some art and some audio, and I'm really excited about it. Is this your first game? It is. So I worked in the game industry prior to this, but this is my first game that is going to be mine, and that's really exciting.
0: We heard from Rand earlier that he's an introvert.
1: How about you, introvert extrovert? I would almost say hyper extrovert. It's kind of difficult. I hate leaving my house though, so this is really the the prime way to meet people.
0: So like you're the you're an online extrovert.
1: Yeah, I think what they call it is um, really online just just super (laughs) super duper just a meme
0: lord so rand our resident introvert thank you so much for making the time to be on on the show uh you've got firmament up on the kickstarter right now it's kind
2: of fun doing new stories and by the way we already have something in common like um we started as a two-person team i mean that's how we started our whole company and all our games was my brother and i so okay there's one thing right there
0: you did it! Oh, well, let's just end the show now. (laughs) Let's let's all go get a cup of coffee. Here at I Think You two Would Get Along, we go through the entire process of making a friend. So we start off with small talk because as always, you shouldn't start off a conversation by asking somebody about their childhood trauma. You should start with something light. Then we go to medium talk. Medium talk, because I love puns, is about the medium of games. And then we will end with large talk, which is one big philosophical question that there is no actual answer for, but it'll be fun to chew on for a little while okay we've got two person teams that's good uh introvert extrovert let's start small astrological sign kels what's yours
1: my sign is a sagittarius and there are no good memes about it i tweeted about this recently it's not very interesting but, how, but why?
0: Like, it's, it can't be less interesting than being any other, being born in any <laughs> other month of the year. I know
1: you'd think, but the internet is really interested in Virgos. Sagittarius is just kind of there. We're just kind of chilling. So whether or not you
0: actually believe in astrology, do you think that, that that the definition of Sagittarius describes you?
1: I can't say that I do because I don't even know what it is. Oh. Like, I could tell you a bunch of the other ones. Oh. Like I had mentioned, I see a lot lot of virgo memes um and they're all about like oh you have to organize things but sagittarius whenever it comes up in the memes i saw one recently that was a trash can floating in the air and i don't know what that means
0: i don't either and i too am an online meme lord and i i don't i don't either rand do you know your astrological sign i could google it too if you don't
2: no i you know i had a slate slight- panic moment there where it was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember it. And then I did, it's (laughs) Capricorn. And I don't, I don't have a clue, like any of the details of what that means or whether it gives insight into my personality or, you know, at one point I'm sure I looked that up and said, oh, that's remarkable. It says you like other people or something, (laughs) you know, but I I think, (laughs) so now you've helped me establish it in my memory for the next time it won't be I won't panic I'll I'll remember I'm Capricorn
0: That's perfect. There's so many different ways that human beings try to compartmentalize themselves to try to understand themselves better. Like there's Myers-Briggs. There's what's your Harry Potter house? Like, are you an airbender or waterbender? Like, there's a lot of those different, like, popular um, culture things. But do either of you have any of those, like, archetypes within pop culture that you feel that you fit into?
1: Yeah, I I kind of have a problem being a parody of myself. What? What do you mean? Even though with astrology, I'm not very connected to it, I am incredibly a Hufflepuff. And I have taken now in college and in um, when I worked at Microsoft, we b- took these strengths finder tests and they would see your like top five strengths out of thirty six things and they usually are things like innovator or learner, but the thing I got was woo exclamation point what? Every one of the other ones sounds very professional. And then there's just me, woo, exclamation point. It it has the exclamation point, which I thought was a little bit a lot. You're a party. Of a person. Yeah, which is funny because I'm so tired and I hate leaving <laughs> the house, as I've said. You know,
0: I, I can see that, though. I think that there is a big difference between wanting to be at a party and internally as a, a human being identifying as a party. I'm just a party. <laughs> You're a party. In my house. How about you, Rand?
2: I, I mean, I definitely cling to the introvert thing. My wife tells me that I'm not an introvert, that I'm, you know, I actually have no fear of speaking in public which is i think weird for an introvert but i swear to you i am much more comfortable sitting at home in front of a computer than out partying and so you know i cling to that introvert uh identity i guess in addition to that i i really do have the usual geeky tendencies that i that tend to define me as well like i i just love space stuff and i don't know if that's a tribe or not but oh yeah oh it is Even like the black hole picture that came out this morning, I'm like, oh, "Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah the people who who love watching spacex launches and black hole pictures kind of a thing so
0: what have you guys been listening to lately like uh is there a podcast that you're really enjoying um do you you listen to music while you work is there an audiobook i've
1: been listening to my favorite murder cool i don't know why i got really into murder podcasts so like i'm making this cute little pastel game that's nonviolent, but i'm just listening to this horrific murder podcast
0: But I think that that makes sense because you've got to get those tendencies out in some safe form.
1: It's a murder comedy podcast, so it's still light and funny, if that makes any sense. It's these two women, and I love... Them talking about stuff. It's much better than hearing a murder from like this deep, monotone voice that sometimes they have in those podcasts.
0: The, like that—that that they may have been the murder themselves all yes. along, kind of voice. Yes, understandable. How about you, Rand? Um, when you work or when you are trying to like log off of work, do you have anything in particular you've been listening to lately?
2: My favorite podcast, which you know I could go back and listen to over and over, is Revisionist History. Malcolm Gladwell. I just There's something about that guy that makes me feel smarter once I, you know, if I, if I spend a little (laughs) time with him, it's like, it's kind of amazing trying to think of, you know, like music wise, I guess the last thing I did, I got, uh, I got Bluetooth, uh, noise canceling headphones for, uh, my birthday from my wife, which is like, okay, this that's new for me, but
0: no, no, that's cool. That was, that was an earnest. Ooh, don't worry.
2: (laughs) They changed things for me. So I'm on a plane I put these things on, and I turn on noise noise cancellation. It's like, oh, this is nice. And I take them off, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize planes were this noisy. So I put them back on, and I have this uh, playlist that's just kind of this combination of nice music that is relaxing, that is, you know, I'm sure people would laugh at, but a lot of it is Pink Floyd. And anyway, yeah, so there
0: we would never think that you're being lame. Like your Pink Floyd is like um, the uh, late '90s uh, emo band Jimmy World. Yes. Like, like yes. they were super popular when I was like 15, and I'm like 34 now. And there is nothing that calms my soul and spirit more than listening to shitty emo punk from like the turn of the century. So I think that's good for small talk. I feel like we got a good, a good even keel in understanding what you, you all are like. We're already talking a little bit about work. So let's transition into the medium talk, which is talk about the medium of games. So both of you are fairly independent in what you do. Rand, you run a studio. You started um, very independently working with your brother. uh, And you both have a game that has a very uncompromising vision. What does independence in your creativity mean to you? And like, how do you maintain that independence?
1: I feel like it's a little easier than you'd think it would be because we've gotten such good feedback. Um, Every time I post something that is just like, right out of my mind, somebody's like, that's exactly what I wanted, which is a very weird feeling. (laughs) But it also means that it hasn't been very hard to continue doing that. I was thinking about this because I was watching a playthrough of um, Devil's Third, is there's like this really weird linear between super, super violent games and making a super cute game, which is the first thing that comes out of your head is the best idea for it. You're watching it and there are these really, really ridiculous things that happen, like you can put a katana completely through someone's entire like vertical a vertical slice of their body, and someone just thought of that and put it in the game, where I feel similarly with the cute aspect. It's like we should put hats on the cats. And then we and then we do that, and people really like it. And I'm like, why didn't they do that in other games?
0: I love it. Do you feel like you found your audience and found your people? Are you surprised by the the size of the the um, reaction that you're getting?
1: I'm definitely surprised by the size. I like medium success, so large success is is a little daunting. But it, the people, because on Twitter, I just see followers and followers and followers and all of them i'm like i want to be friends with those people <laughs> they they all say that like like the, they're deeply online or there's a large like LG- lgbt plus community um that follows and it makes me so happy I'm getting the audience that I'd love to be friends with is really cool.
0: There's that extreme extrovert coming out <laughs> right there. So so Rand, how about you? What does independence and uh like creative vision in your work mean to you?
2: So I'm on my own except for a team of like really brilliant smart people who do most of the work, of course. And uh, you know, honestly, being indie, independent uh is like really good. It's a two-edged sword, but it is So nice to have that luxury. I I mean, at at this point in, after all these years, we haven't at least till now gone out of business and we haven't sold out and we get to choose what we do, which is, I mean, that's who gets to do that. You know, our next project, we get to choose, we get to put it out there and see if, see if there's an audience for it. Um, But it's, it's our choice and we don't have to fit into some kind of artificial rut or Commercial rut, we get to be as crazy or not crazy as we want. That's a real gift. Is it
0: hard to let go of control of some things because you're in charge, like you said, of like a a lot of very creative, very smart people? Does it does it feel hard to hand off certain tasks of like creating your baby to to other people?
2: Yes, if you, and especially if you ask them, they'll tell you I'm a control freak, which I of (laughs) course will deny. I I. I am in no way a control freak, and I <laughs> I would demand that they take that back and not say that. Uh, yeah, it is hard, but, man, there's this great advantage to the position I'm in. You know, after all these years, I get to kind of – we're really flat, by the way. We're a small company, like 15 people at this point. Uh, we get together and churn things out, and people yell at me, and <laughs> and, you know, we have – we support our arguments or we don't. And I love that. That's just like this great problem-solving, like, well, this thing's not working, or is it working, or this idea, this interface is terrible. Why is it terrible? And that that's a refreshing, hearing people... And, and being with smart people who help you solve those problems.
0: Kells, I know that you said you uh, work with, you have a partner and then you work with contractors. Is it hard for you to hand off certain things?
1: Yeah. I So when I'm looking for an artist, I look into their work and make sure that they've kind of made the types of things that I'm thinking of already. And that helps a lot in just trusting that they know what they're doing. A big thing that we hand off is environment art um, because it's just I'm more character oriented and very small picture. It's very hard for me to do like level planning and land planning. I just got art back from one of the artists for a little like capybara um, hot spring in a mountain. And it looks like a paw print and it looks so perfect. And it just reminds me that you have to trust the artists. That's what you're paying them for is is not just their, their busy work, but all that genius behind it. It's the same thing with Andrew, my Um, my game partner. I was really nervous at first, but he has been so amazing and just picking things that I didn't know were in my brain. (laughs) And I didn't know I wanted like making the cats gigantic and (laughs) also putting cats on your head. That was all him. And it's just amazing.
0: That's really lovely. Just to have those those interesting things kind of pop up organically of like, oh, what if we did this? And what if we did yeah. this? And now you can. Um, Rand, how much of that uh, do you get to see happen? Like, how does that occur in a company that's so much larger? And again, a small company, 15 people, but larger than Kels' team.
2: Yeah, it's it's probably surprisingly similar, except just a few more voices. I mean, we get to get, we obviously can't get everybody in the room to help do yeah. that design, but it's surprising how many voices we hear and how much feedback we get. I think I think that stuff is like really good to check us. I mean, if, I think when people get too powerful unchecked, bad things happen. And so it's really nice to have not yes men around you, uh, the people who are always affirming everything you do. It just messes with your ego in bad ways. So having that you know, watching people play and getting their feedback and passing it through your grid. You know, even if it's not somebody on the design team, it's you know somebody who's on the programming team. We do on a regular basis. We just get together with everybody on a, you know a few at a time and and watch them play, listen to their complaints. It's it's all great feedback.
0: Um, Kels, how did you meet your your game partner?
1: This is a deeply online story. Um, yes, <laughs> we met on uh, IRC chat for a charity event, um, desert bus for hope. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. But years and years and years ago, maybe 10 years ago, we met each other and we had been friends online. And then when I moved to Seattle, I used to live in Minnesota. When I moved to Seattle, um, he visited me from Ohio and then he finally, he moved to Seattle two years ago. Now we're both in Seattle and we started making the game about then.
0: That's wonderful. Man, (laughs) Seattle is such an interesting microcosm. Rand, your offices, I thought you were Pacific Northwest too.
1: Spokane, right?
2: Yeah, actually. So there's number two thing in common. We're both in Washington State. We're on the other side of the state in Spokane. And we're kind of different. We're smaller and drier and colder and hotter (laughs) (laughs) and not as much beautiful mountains and water. But we kind of like our little niche here. It's a different kind of community, um, not as flush, you know, with the tech or the artists that Seattle would have, just because it's a much larger place. But we have this advantage of this mist thing that gets people's attention, and they they kind of are drawn to. Uh, oh, this is bad. I'll call it the mystique. Oh boo! Yeah, I love it. Sorry.
0: No, never apologize.
2: It's easy to attract really talented people because of that. Even in spite of the fact that it's a it's a smaller community.
0: OK, so I have this one question, philosophical question that I'd like us to chew on a little bit before I send you on your merry way off to make your games. So humans pack bond with everything. People love curiosity, the robot that is far away in space, because we, we think we put our uh, our hopes and our dreams and we personify that. Uh, we love cats, dogs, plants, anything. We pack bond. Uh, we adopt stuff. You know, those videos of like the dog and the tiger that grew up together now they're friends. That's humans, but with literally freaking everything. Do you see
1: that in yourself? Well, first of all, I bond very closely to my cats. Um, I don't know if you can hear, but they were fighting in the background. I did not (laughs) hear it. Okay, good. They sleep in the bed with me. I have one on my head and one like on my side every single night. So I bond really closely with animals. For robots and things like that, I guess I actually do the same thing. I really like my rice maker. It's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I personify a lot of things, but that's also, I think, my generation a little bit. Like, we grew up with cartoons personifying everything. Yeah. Lion King and Toy Story specifically. So I guess it's really easy for me and, oh, also my succulents. I guess I... I guess I bond with them too. Yeah,
0: same. Like I'm a weird plant lady. And I agree with you. Man, I remember seeing Toy Story for the first time and being like, "Oh my god, I have to treat all my toys better." It was immediate shame. Immediate like I I shouldn't drop them. They probably feel pain.
2: The the Rovers make me sad. I think I especially when it was either Spirit or Opportunity, you know, when they as they kind of die off, it's sad. I've, I have actually followed those guys for since they landed. I have a weird obsession with that kind of stuff. So I watch them land and come alive and follow how long they're going and they lasted way longer than they were supposed to. And then when they kind of fade off into their death, it feels there's some kind of weird effect that doesn't seem like it should happen. But it's part of what you said. It's that pack bonding. And honestly, that that is like a huge human desire to – I always think that the base human desire is to matter – to matter to something or someone it's got, it has to do with that pack bonding. Like, and, and, and we take advantage of that in games. We want to feel like we matter whether we're solving something or whether we're bonding with something. And that's, it's funny. You mentioned that little adjunct thing is what we've been calling it because around the office, as we built it and started putting little characteristics to it, we started referring to it as little buddy. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was so it, we we started even little tiny little things that we would make it do like at one point you you send it on on a direction you you learn how to send it somewhere and you point in that direction and he he turns and looks that direction then he turns back to you and then goes and does what you want. And we actually got response from people saying, "Oh my gosh, that was so that that little bit of of animation did so much to make me feel like this thing was connecting with me. It's, and you know, those are, I love delving into that to find out what are those little things that trigger that, that bond in us. It's amazing stuff.
1: We have a lot of that in our design as well where the biggest thing that we wanted to tackle was there are a lot of games that do that with pets like Nintendogs um, and Tamagotchi and everything like that but it also, because it makes you bond so closely to these things, it breaks your heart when it has game devices that make you feel terrible about yeah, certain things. Right. If you step away from your Nintendogs for a couple days because you went on like a family trip then you're done. Your dogs are sad and they have fleas coming off of them and you don't want to open your ds because you know that's what's going to be there or i actually killed a (laughs) tamagotchi recently because i got one for christmas uh and that was the worst i hated that so a big thing that we wanted to do was not punish users in that way because it, it feels so like emotionally manipulative it doesn't seem fair to what we're trying to do. So I think that's actually something that we keep in mind quite a bit: is that you do pack bond with these things. You you do think of them as almost like real things that exist in the world. We didn't want to foster that and then put an anvil on your head for it.
0: Yeah. How do you balance that, Rand? Like your robot started as like an adjunct, and you made it have more personality. And I and I. I... <laughs> Oh, man, I hope you continue in that direction. But I also it's like, oh, man, if that robot can get squished, oh, no, that would be a traumatizing experience. And then Kels, um, how do you manage um, like wanting to reward people for returning to the game without punishing them too much and making them feel too much guilt to return?
1: A big thing we tried to do was instead of giving punishments, we gave rewards. So there are incentives for doing things because maybe you can get a new piece of furniture or you can open up like a new area but there's nothing to say if you don't feed your cats they'll starve it's more like if you do feed your cats then you might um, get a reward from the city for for like your cats being shiny and nice <laughs> i love it it's more like the base is happy and pleasant and then if you go out of your way to do extra things you can you can get higher up but there's never like a below happiness
0: that is good for me personally to hear because I am very emotionally susceptible to this sort of stuff. Uh, Rand, for your for your adjunct, do you think that you're going to um, give it more personality now that you've had this feedback, or do you think it's going to be more like, okay, this is a this is a puzzle helper?
2: No, no, no. It was, we planned from the beginning that this thing you would become more and more attached to to your adjunct oh, and dangerous. And the whole storyline is, is about that is about forming that bond and not being able to even accomplish what you need to on your own you've got to do it with this adjunct that you that that is at your side and you're learning to communicate with and you're learning how it does things and that it somewhat relies on you and has a has almost this duty that it's um that it's bound to you so it's yeah by the end of our game we want you to feel very attached and yeah we're trying not to uh crush that in some way as well. We we uh we went around the uh, around a bit on what we might do with that and in the end it was it was no let's just use it to achieve something rather than um try and dash your your attachment.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man, like I'm one of those people that has to go. I forgot what the website is, but there's a website that's like d- does the dog die.com oh, and God, if you yeah. and if you watch a movie, it'll tell you right away and like John Wick, it's like don't watch it. Um but yeah, no, like I am I'm 100% one of those people. And one of the re- the many reasons why I was very excited to have both of you on the show. Thank you so much uh for being here. I feel like you got along.
1: Yeah, I mean, I we did. I, I told you I, I'll make friends with anyone, but also I really like you.
2: <laughs> yeah, Kels, this was great. I we, we do have a lot in common. And um you're probably starting out a little, you know, further in time than when we did, but I just am it's so refreshing to me and and exciting how many cool things are popping up these days. I just love it. It feels like back in the day when my brother and I, you know, were able to do it and we had this dry spell where that didn't happen and now there's so many cool projects that I that are so interesting. Yeah. Great chatting with you.
0: Yeah. As our resident introvert, I feel like you really showed up today, Rand. I appreciate it a lot. (laughs) I,
2: I put on my best extrovert for you guys.
0: You you got the the extrovert pants and the extrovert hat out from the closet, dusted it off. It was really good. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do one last reminder of where everyone can be found on the Internet if you want to be found. Um, So let's start. You know what? Let's start with Rand this time. Rand, if people wanted to find you on the Internet, let's start with you and not your project. Where would you want them to find you? And do you want them to find you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I tweet at random tweets which is you know kind of interesting you can find my black hole tweet there from this morning um but uh yeah that's probably my most public facing side and then the company is just cyan c-y-a-n dot com that's an easy one if you go to firmamentgame.com, right now it goes right to the Kickstarter, and obviously we'll perfect. be putting more and more info there as we as we move along. But for now, we're pretty focused on that.
0: That's perfect. That is exactly what I wanted to hear. Kels, how about you? Uh, where would people find you on the internet if you want people to find you?
1: Most of our stuff is on Twitter. My personal one is P-K-K-A-O-S, spelled phonetically. Um, mm. And then our game is Calico Game on Twitter. And then you can also find us at calicogame.com and uh, on Kickstarter, of course.
0: So does calicogame.com uh, take you right to the Kickstarter page?
1: It doesn't. We should do that. That's good pro strat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's perfect. All right. Thanks so much uh, for being on the show. Thank you to Matt Connolly for our theme song. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather, for keeping the studio working. If you know someone who's thinking about running a Kickstarter, send them a link to our podcast. It's I think you too would get along dot com. And I think that's
1: the entire podcast.